0: To the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden fun episode, A Marriage Mystery. Not only am I going to be interviewing my friends, Sears and Elisa Taylor, I talked a little bit about on the show last week about their marriage and their life, but I'm also having this holiday episode as a fun episode for you guys to put on your sleuth hats and to figure out what type dynamic they are. Now I'm going to have a contest for this too. So if you hop onto my Instagram, you can be entered in a drawing to win not only one of my mystery games for you and your friends to play now that the world is officially opening back up, but you can also enter to win, along with that, one of Elisa's wonderful designs from Elisa Taylor Designs, as well as my book, Just Your Type. So you get this trifecta, yes I'm naming my favorite breakfast at first watch in this contest, (laughs) of fun prizes. You also get to solve a mystery with your Enneagram sleuth skills you've been learning on this podcast all year long, and it's also a fun way For us to continue our glow series a little bit more and a little bit differently. So, while I have fun glow episodes coming up as the season ends, I also wanna make sure that you guys are learning along with me about how to help people to find their type in a fun way. So, obviously, people have to find their own type. And we've even learned over our Enneagram journeys that while you can ask important questions, and if you visit EnneagramAndMarriage.com, you see I have some of those questions so people can discern but that sometimes the tests aren't perfect. They can help us, we can find our overlays, but really we have to do our sleuth work on our own. So we have to ultimately trust this couple to their own sleuth work and to their own typology. But what's extra fun is that you guys are learning a lot. And so I'm gonna give you some clues and we're gonna ask Sears and Alisa some important questions. So stay tuned for that in just a few minutes. Before we get to them, I wanna just say, I hope you're having, if you're listening, at the very same day it's launched, a great Memorial Day. I hope you're getting some rest. I hope you're memorializing anyone in your family or extended family or just all service people who have really taken up arms for our country to keep us safe, and we salute them today and we think of them. I know I have many people. Last year, I was able to read a piece of one of my dad's poems, and we just want to say thank you to all families who protect our country and keep us safe in ways we can. Even imagine and don't have to deal with on an everyday basis. So, we thank you to all of you military families listening in the United States and across the world when you're protecting your people. We just salute you as well. So, I'm very thankful for you guys, and I know you're thankful for each other as you guys continue to learn to grow together and to pause and to watch what's happening. That you would have so many more insights and so much more compassion for one another in your marriages, knowing that it's not easy any way you look at it, but we can really learn and grow together. So I'm grateful for that with you guys over Memorial Day, and I knew it was important for us to pause right there and to memorialize And we get the word memorial from a Latin word, which means mindful anyway. So just being mindful of this special day, taking a pause or a prayer, thinking about those who have come before, we're just grateful. So I hope you had a great time at the summit last week. If you haven't had a chance to check out Leslie Hirschberger's talk on the body centers, her approach is a beautiful approach that I think you'll really love. And you know, we just touched on that briefly here for a second, but I think you'll have a blast listening to her work. She has a very calming voice. And she is just excellent at what she does. And she's been doing this work for a long time. So I hope you enjoy that. And I hope you enjoyed other talks. I also want Wanted to let you know what's ahead on the roster. Eight and nines coming up, four, seven, interspersed with different topical elements. I'm really excited about the episodes that are for everybody as well. So I'll be continuing that on even through this season and every season. But I also want you to know opening up to other seasons too as we finish out our glow season. So, but we'll keep talking about it. It's a fun concept and it's just one more way to say, hey, this is how we overlay each other. This is how we influence each other in marriage and in life. The Enneagram glow is basically a relationship overlay. For those of you who don't know what that is, it means when we're in relationship with other people, we tend to rub off on each other. And in a marriage dynamic, we end up being a very one-ish seven and a very seven-ish one after a number of years, which is why I think this couple today is gonna be a lot of fun for you because they've been together for a long time. So you might actually get their couple pairing confused because when a couple has been part of their dynamic for this long and they've also been doing their work over years, you just sometimes you're like they're just alike, or you might feel, no, no, they're so different, I can tell. But either way, I wanna let you know that after a long time of that overlay together, things really do interestingly change and shift. So it's a fascinating dynamic that I love. Exploring. My students and I are having so much fun and going so deep in our class and I am just loving getting to even talk to them about popular pairings that I see. But lastly, before we begin, what's funny about that is that Sometimes it's not even a true representation of popular pairings when I see them, if that makes sense, because they're coming to me, not only as a female, as a seven, as somebody who probably found me through a podcast or Instagram. Do you see all the factors that are already shifting the dynamics of just a random couple out there in the world? So we don't know if this is just Enneagram people pairing types or if there are different pairing types for the people who don't like the Enneagram out there. And we also don't even understand understand if they're looking at me, as I said, in all these layers of whether I would be the right fit for them. So you have to take that part with a little lightness. But the cool thing is I do have another way where I've been able to track popular pairings. And I will tell you your first clue about our mystery couple now. So, so here we go. I hope you're ready for the marriage mystery today. You're going to guess this couple's type. So my first clue for you is that this couple represents the most popular pairing that I have sold glow booklets to. So I want you to know that there are other ways of measuring Enneagram amongst those who take an Enneagram, at least test or those who come on shows. And then I've been able to have my glow guide sell for all the couple pairings over this year. So I can tell you the most popular pairing that has bought my glow guides, but I'm not going to tell you right now because that is your first clue. This couple represents that pairing. So now that I've kind of wet the palette a bit, I want to bring them on and I hope that we get to have more clues and more fun as they share their lives with us. And hopefully you're going to learn a thing or two on this special episode as well from Sears and Elisa. I know they've blessed so many over the years and I think today you're going to get that as well. I'm so happy to have you guys. Thanks so much for coming on, Sears and Alisa.
1: We're happy to be here. Yeah.
0: Yes. I'm so happy that I am actually getting to visit. As I mentioned, you guys would be coming to visit us last week. I really am just so happy you're here because you guys know us from before we had kids. And we know you before you had your six kids.
1: Yes, (laughs) we have six kids. And just a little tip to anybody when you meet someone with a lot of kids, (laughs) don't say... Oh, that must be a handful. They're not. We love them. They're awesome. And we feel very blessed.
0: <laughs> that is hilarious because I always got that even with three. And I was really sarcastic with it too. So I can't even imagine how much you hear that was six.
1: Oh my, yeah. It's like, oh, your hands must be full. It's like... <laughs> Well, your head must be full of anyway. No.
0: Yeah. So please people out there do not say this. We, it drives us crazy. We are already close to the edge. So so happy that I get to meet a wonderful couple here who we knew each other. Sears was with us and I met Elisa the day I got engaged in San Diego. So I was thinking about how I've known you guys through Arizona. This time in California, we live near Chicago together. We had time in Detroit and here we are meeting in Florida. Isn't that so funny?
1: Uh Yeah, it's amazing how God allows our paths to keep crossing.
0: I actually
2: thought of this story just now when you said our time in Chicago, we were in a marriage small group with you guys. Mm -hmm. And with, you know, none of us had kids yet. You guys were in graduate school. I remember we were at your apartment and there were maybe five or six couples there. And it was just a really fun time. And then at the end of our discussion, you guys Wanted to play us one of Sarah Groves' new songs mm-hmm. that she had just come out with on her album, and it was about a couple, wh- about her and her husband when they fought and how they would make up, and it was about like the middle of the bed they, they would, yeah, yeah, roll to the middle, yeah. yeah, yeah the the middle. The middle, yep. So you <laughs> and Wes said, you know what? We're just gonna play this song as a means of reflection and <laughs> just listen to the words, and you can just look at each other or just, and and I stare into each other's eyes. And I kind (laughs) of thought you were joking, but, but I, but you, you weren't. And so Sears and I just, of course we wanted to be sarcastic and, and funny. And we gazed into each other's eyes as you played the song. And then Sears <laughs> leans over and just pretends. Well, he kisses me. It wasn't a really a makeout session or anything, but yeah. just to kind of make everyone else feel uncomfortable because all of us already <laughs> did feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But anyway, it was just really funny. And, but it's something I just love <laughs> about you guys. Um, oh and, my gosh, I love and, that. Yeah, I just remembered that.
1: Yeah, I, oh. I think as Elisa tells that story. If anybody's wondering if you're the real deal, Krista, she is. So Aww, she is, you. she has always been one of the the sweetest people we've ever met. And I won't, there, I, there's another story I could tell, but for the sake of time, I won't, but I'll just say we have tried to get rises out of her because <laughs> Elisa and I are both, both pretty fiery people. And Mm-hmm. And I think we're both fascinated by someone like Krista because she is so even keel, and and so we try so hard <laughs> to just see her blow up or something. And she is, uh, she is just a very, just a very kind person, a gracious person. Mm-hmm. And and going back to that story, here we were, these young married couples, and all the way back then, you had such a fascination with wanting to see relationships grow and wanting to see couples truly love each other. And that's been a consistent part of your life for decades now.
0: Oh, thank you guys so much. That is so sweet of you guys. And it is hilarious that you try to rile me up over the years and so,
1: it's awful actually, because you're we really- kind of, we're so evil. Uh. I,
0: know, I know, but it's, it keeps me like a little bit like less like intense and a little less anxiety ridden. So I'm like, thank you so much. That's actually good for me. Um, you guys test me and maybe these people who are listening are starting to feel out a little little bit about your personality type. So it's so fun that you guys are our mystery couple in terms of your types. So don't forget to be looking at my Instagram this week for pictures of them, because I want you guys to get a feel for this fun couple and how everybody shows up a little bit differently. So I'm just so excited that we can talk and you guys truly are one of my favorite couples. this. You guys have an amazing marriage and now longevity, which is kind of hitting us all as we're in these middle marriage years to feel like the people who are pioneering a bit and who have longevity. It's a new role for us. So I'm just like, happy to be in this with you guys. Cause I know for different reasons, some people haven't made it to this point and you have. So I'm just like, so honored that you're with us and and that just lets people know you don't have to be this one brand of couple who's super cheesy. Like you can be the one who's like laughing as you gaze in each other's eyes. Like this is so corny so, <laughs> <laughs> and and yet still make well, six kids somehow. So, yes. so, so we're going to hear, fi-
1: we're still trying to figure out what causes that.
0: But uh... <laughs> Oh my God. Well, as I told you yesterday, I do lose my temper. Sometimes I finally had a bit of a minor meltdown when we were doing driver's training yesterday with my four daughters. So I had to actually ask her to get out of the driver's seat. And we normally have such a chill time, but this is the thing I want all of our listeners to know. Like we have three places where we uh, work from and one of them is our heart and she was in her emotions driving. And I'm like, you have to drive from your body. So body types out there have a bit of an advantage sometimes in driving, but, but anyway, you guys let us drive you around yesterday. Day to St. Pete and we had so much fun. But when I think about my history with you guys, I remember not only San Diego, but just hearing your awesome story. So tell me, how did you guys meet? So
1: Alisa will look at me and give me a dirty look when it's time for me to stop talking. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we met in San Diego is with a Christian uh, mission organization, which uh, they would do these uh, things called summer projects at the time. And so it was about an eight-week-long eight project. And right, uh, pretty much the first day we got there, I met Elisa. It wasn't like love at first sight. However, it was, for me, love very quickly. I think it was the second or third time I met her. It happened to be her birthday. And so Aww. I remember somebody came in, handed me a card, said, Hey, can you sign this? It's for Elisa. It's her birthday today. I was like, who's Elisa? Okay. So <laughs> I just wrote, happy birthday, right? Then what happened is that I guess my attention was on her that night. And I just the things that really drew me to her were that I she just seemed to be so comfortable in her own skin. She just, she was who she was. And for me, that's something that's always been kind of a struggle. Side tangent, one time my daughter, who is pretty much exactly like me, she's my clone, except she's beautiful. She, yeah. she, she was talking to me one time and then I, I told her, Ellie, just be yourself. And then she said, Dad, what does that even mean? And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had a hard time just being myself over the years. And, but Elisa, I think something really drew me to her. She just feels. She seems so comfortable in her own skin. Another thing I noticed is that the other young ladies in the group that they just really gravitated toward her. She just had such a, a pleasant way about her, great sense of humor. Those things all just really drew me to her. Also, you know, knowing that she was a Christian and that she's on this summer mission project, like mm-hmm. she obviously cared deeply about her her relationship with Christ. And so mm-hmm. those, those big important boxes were already checked, right? Mm-hmm. And then... And then it's like seeing her personality, seeing her sense of humor, seeing just how comfortable she was being herself, and the fact that I thought she was, uh, you know, beautiful. Those mm-hmm. immediately just drew me to her. So
0: mm-hmm. I
1: felt like I was going to marry her that second or third night. And Alisa can roll her eyes at me, and she always does. <laughs> but but anyway, I'll, I'll pass it on to Elisa now because I feel like I'm I've reached a limit. I love that. That's beautiful.
0: Okay, go ahead, Elisa. Yeah, I mean,
2: I would just say all summer he pursued me and I resisted, and then. But we did develop a friendship and I did not want to be one of those girls that goes on a mission trip with the, their, their real motivation is to find, you know, a a husband or a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I just could, I was very repelled by the, the desperate girls. And so Mm -hmm. I told myself I was not going to do that. (laughs) Um, But, but Mm -hmm. Sears and I, when we were, when we didn't have the added pressure of, what other people thought i felt like we developed a really deep friendship and then actually at the very end he asked me to be his girlfriend and i said yes because we were like i said we were alone we were i didn't feel this pressure from mm. other people yes. and i said yes like i really wanted to be his girlfriend but then the next day it just was this big you know drama and all this and i'm definitely not drama. I'm trying to give people clues as to what number I am. I was just going to say that I was going to say
0: like, I'm inserting here. Clue, clue, clue. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. And so then I broke up with him and I basically said, if God wants us together, we'll be together and we don't need to rush this. And I just felt all this pressure and suffocated and I, you know, and so then we got home and I was able to kind of regroup and we started emailing and I was the one that emailed him directly first because yeah like i said i just need time to process that's definitely something mm-hmm. that i've recognized about myself over the years mm-hmm. and i do not like to feel like someone's pressuring me into decisions at all <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. when i was able and and he knew that in fact he told me after we were emailing for, for a while, and then he even came to visit and every, you know, everything, the balls in your court, as far as the next step, like, I want to be your boyfriend, but you just tell me when you're ready to be in a relationship. And then he actually did that again, fast forward when we, we dated for what, two and a half years or something. And then we did another mission trip to Rome with a group and mm-hmm. people were telling him, encouraging him to propose in Rome, like, oh, it's so amazing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful backdrop. And he said, if I propose to Elisa in Rome, she'll either say (laughs) no to my face or she'll say yes. And then the next day she'll say no. (laughs) So, um, and I remember thinking and praying if he's the one he'll know when I'm ready. Mm. And after we got back from summer project, that mission trip in Rome, he proposed and
1: yeah, a dark, cold night in Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. And so
2: it was in. Another personality thing that might give you a clue into what I am is that I will really think and and contemplate about something and and look at it from all angles. And then when I commit, I'm like, I don't think twice. You know what I mean? I have to really know what I'm committing to. So anyway, so that's kind of fast forward to then we got married and that next summer and and then pretty much. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And you guys had a stunning wedding at Garfield Conservatory, right? Yes. Oh, that was so much fun. And now we had this young lady who uh, Sears got to shift gears totally from you worked in an architecture firm and had been at the Art Institute of Chicago. And I just remember you had this commute that wasn't it a train, then a bus, and then a boat to get to work every day? <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and that was great said, for yeah, me because I needed that morning time. You know, I need a regroup. Um, uh-huh. So speaking of that morning time and just getting to know yourself, I remember when we first got married, Sears loved to blast sports radio, mm-hmm. and I just could not handle. I I, I just need literally to, it to be quiet so I can process. Mm-hmm. So over the years, you know, he still actually does listen mm-hmm. to things pretty loudly as. He's getting ready, but mm-hmm. that's it. Doesn't really bother me as much anymore because I I do my little separate morning thing and kind of like gear up for the day. And mm-hmm. um, but I remember when we first got married, I was like, "What? Why? Why are you doing this?" <laughs> and then I would go on the train for an hour and a half, quiet, you know. And so I was okay, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was nice to kind of have that like decompress or you know, getting ready for the day kind of thing
0: on the. So nice. And that's not necessarily like a reality. Everyone's able to keep when they've got kids and especially kids in a farm. And I think of the architecture turned farmer story that you told me once, maybe you can tell our audience that one this funny one about um, this recognition you had once, but I guess I'm just saying, I have seen you do that where you get up and you have your time with God. And that's been very much a commitment you've made to yourself over these years, which I've loved to see. Mm. Yeah. But tell us yeah. about that well, story too. And go ahead, Sears.
1: Well, I was just going to say along those lines, when Lisa and I were dating and we had been been dating for a significant amount of time. And at this point, in our relationship, it's seen, you know, we were, I don't know if we were officially engaged, but, but, you know, but we were either close to being engaged or engaged this at this point, but she was Going as you mentioned, going to the School of the Arts of Chicago. And she had this studio apartment that she lived in right on Michigan Avenue mm-hmm. on what, like the seventh floor or something. It was a corner apartment. So mm-hmm. she you had windows all on one side and all on the other side, like two, these big windows, right? And you mm-hmm. could look out. And at the time it was called Marshall Fields. Now it's called Macy's, but kitty corner from her building was Marshall Fields. And uh, then you could see the Magnificent that. Mile uh, and you could see uh, Lake Michigan. It was just you know this just incredible place that she was staying in as part of her dorm at, at art institute, and I remember standing in there one time, looking out the window, and I told Elisa, "Hey, just full disclosure, if you marry me, it's all downhill from here." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and, and, and in a materialistic way, you know, I I was true to my word, and so. We, so, yeah, when we started, she's this city girl working at an architecture firm. And fast forward, roughly 10 years later or so, she is a mom with six kids um, living on this like two acre, you know, quasi farm in Yuma, Arizona. And, you know, with goats and pigs and chickens and dogs. And yeah, just a very, a very drastic change. I don't have PTSD at all.
0: <laughs> you I'm are kidding. so funny. I know that was sh- truly shocking though. And I know we all know who are in these middle years, how sometimes you're just like, girl, like, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. But then like, of course you're like so grateful. And you're like, I'm going to lament for a little while. And now I'm back to gratitudes and seeing God's hand in all of this. But she told me that story once when she was like saying, I think you were up to your knees and like pig slop or something, weren't you at the time? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: well Krista one thing I'll share and to me it's it's one of the most beautiful stories from our marriage Mm -hmm. and it actually goes back to we were going through premarital counseling Mm -hmm. and Elisa I've always been a fan of her as an artist and find her to be just very talented and Mm -hmm. so anyway we were going through this premarital counseling and the couple that was counseling us they asked us what our plan was for children Mm-hmm. And I know that this is a sensitive topic. And, and so I, I want to preface this by saying everybody has their own c- convictions on this issue. So we're not the type of people that would apply our personal conviction on anybody else in this mm-hmm. arena. So, and, and, and people, again, people are in different stages in every, but anyway, they asked us, well, what's your, what do you guys think about children? You know, we're young, we're in our early twenties. We're, we're in Chicago we're you know, which is in a very expensive city to live. You know, we were already a little nervous about making ends meet, but we loved each other and wanted to be with each other. Mm-hmm. And, And so we were like, well, we're, you know, planning on going on birth control and, you know, just kind of putting kids on pause for a few years until we get our feet under us. Mm -hmm. And they were just so gracious about it. And they said, we actually counsel a lot of Christian couples and they kind of all have the same response as you guys that just Mm -hmm. kind of automatically go on birth control. Mm -hmm. And, and we just encourage you to pray about it, you know? And I remember thinking like, because they they basically said, every time you see children in the Bible, it's a blessing, right? Mm -hmm. And yet in our culture in a lot of ways especially for young couples we treat children like a liability mm-hmm. and so i found that to be convicting and so did elisa but I, simultaneously i'm like well all right yeah i prayed about it. the was no you know i mean that was kind of my it was going on in my head you know because i just thought there's no way we can have mm-hmm. kids right now mm-hmm. and but elisa and one thing i love about her is that she is such a teachable person and mm-hmm. she really does she does take counsel too hard. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the most incredible things I think about her. And so she, she did not get all defensive. She actually heard it and processed it and prayed about it. And then she came to me and she said, you know, Sears, I think we just need to trust God with this whole thing and, and not use birth control. Mm -hmm. And that scared the heck out of me for one, because I didn't know how we, how we're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. And secondly, though, I knew that if she had kids early on it, there was a good chance it was going to cost her this career that was a, bl- a blossoming career. And not mm-hmm. that I was going to require like, Hey, you have to leave your career now, but just the oh, way it right, works, right. you know, you have kids yeah. and now there's yeah. okay. There's a kid to take care of and mm-hmm. are we going to do daycare? But I just realized there's a very strong possibility. Mm-hmm. This is going to really interrupt your career route. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually really struggled with some guilt with that, you know, and thinking like, am I laid a part in denying the world, this talent, you know, this, this woman's talent in a sense, you know, by her mm-hmm. not using her architectural skills. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I prayed about it, was thinking about it. And God kind of revealed something to me that to this day, I, I get emotional thinking about. Mm. And I, at the time they were actually the world trade center had been knocked down what like a year or two before because of 9/11 right mm-hmm. and so they were taking these submissions for how to build the next world trade center and that was considered like the greatest architectural job you could get right mm-hmm. and so i told i told lisa when i was thinking about it, i said you know something that really bothered me was thinking of you possibly not being able to stay in your career because we have kids early on and the world kind of being denied your talents in a sense. And I thought about it, like, what if Elisa reached the pinnacle of the architectural world and she got this great commission, right? And she got to redesign and build a new world trade center, right? Mm-hmm. Bottom line, that building in a hundred some years or a thousand some years, that building will collapse. However, the children that come from our marriage are Mm -hmm. eternal. Mm -hmm. And as a mother, Mm -hmm. you are actually sculpting eternity Mm -hmm. and you are having the opportunity to bring into this world, eternal beings Mm -hmm. and then sculpt eternal beings that can not who themselves will be a part of the fabric of eternity. Mm -hmm. But additionally, will be able to invite other people into eternity with us. And, Mm -hmm. and that thought was what gave me comfort because I did struggle with guilt of thinking like, does, you know, Mm -hmm. is this the right thing to do? And, Mm -hmm. and I remember talking to Lisa about that and we, you know, we both were kind of in tears about it. And, um, but that's what Mm -hmm. gave me comfort to trust, to, to trust that to God. And, And he's just really blessed us. It was scary when she got pregnant early on and, But God Mm -hmm. has provided, you know, so Mm -hmm. much more, so graciously, so much more than we, we ever thought was possible. So
0: Mm, that's a beautiful way that you were able to see that. I love how that story had meaning and purpose. Even when you surrendered that pain, it was so purposefully woven and you're absolutely right. And something else that I find so beautiful about Elisa's story and your marriage is that When you really did surrender that, you did get it back as well in the sense that like obviously today's contest, we're sharing Elise's beautiful artwork that people can see that she and her children and her family and many other families across the world now have access to her art that she's been able to do at home and in this oasis that you have created together. So I do find that so beautiful as well. Like that foundation was important and she continues to flourish. It's just crazy. It's just amazing. So, and you guys get, actually, this is our second clue coming up But you guys get pegged for a celeb couple. So (laughs) when you think of this couple, I don't know that they're the exact same type, but it could give you a feel for Elisa and Sears' types too. But tell us about this. And I'm going to put a picture up about it because it's so cute too. But tell us who you get pegged as.
2: Chip and Joanna Gaines.
0: (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. So Chip and Joanna Gaines is your celebrity couple. And um, you look just like her. And now that you say that, I see that Sears looks a lot like him. And you guys live out west, so I bet you do get it a lot. Awesome. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, we get that a lot. But you know, some might say you look like this person, and you're like, uh, I don't really see that. But when people say that about us, you know, I'm like. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. So. When it's somebody you don't like, it's a lot harder. You're just like, hey, <laughs> <I think>. yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. That's funny. I haven't laughed as I've gotten older and the, it's a different kind of a person. Sometimes I'm like, okay, but, <laughs> but it's so funny. So when you guys are in your stress points, tell me a little bit so that we can get a feel for your types. I would say that
2: I'm trying to get better about this, but a lot of the time I don't see it coming and then something will trigger me and I'll just sort of lose it. Whether it be that I raise my voice or I just get real snappy or snarky, mm-hmm. but what I'm trying to do is see that it's coming. I'm trying to be better about that. So mm-hmm. I could go all day and actually think that I've had a really good day and then one little thing will happen. <laughs> and I- I'll lose it. I'm like, wait, what? So what? You know, so I think just being more in touch with my emotions and and seeing it coming is what I'm working on.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that makes so much sense that sometimes in our marriages, you're just like, oh, everything's going great. And then I would just imagine that how that applies to marriage is Sometimes Sears is kind of bombarded by it where he's not sure that mm-hmm. was coming. He didn't know it was there. You didn't even know it was there. How does he know it's there? So is that true, right Sears, or do you see that coming? Even sometimes, can you feel that underneath the surface before she can?
1: It's tough. I think of Elisa in a lot of ways as a black box mm. and that that was something I learned about her when we were dating and fairly quickly is that I sometimes have no idea or often have no idea what she's thinking. We and one of one of our daughters, for the most part I can tell what's going on in the heads of a lot of her kids, but one of our daughters who's pretty much just like Elisa, I also have no idea what goes on inside of her head, you know? And so and I, I and I like to try to understand you know how people mm-hmm. are thinking and so like our oldest daughter is just like me it's like i'm in her head you know like <laughs> yeah. I, I i can I, we both know what we're what we're both thinking in every, almost every situation mm-hmm. uh, but with elisa yeah, I pretty much all I know is that I don't know what she's thinking. And I can see sometimes by her body language, I can see maybe her tensing up. One thing that I learned over the years is that mm-hmm. if I can feel some frustration building, I'll just go over and start rubbing her shoulders, mm-hmm. which uh, she, you know, because she'll actually get stress in her shoulders, you know. And I've noticed actually over the years, she has. Man- somehow managed to deal with her stress better because she would get so tight up in her shoulders. I would actually get annoyed with her, like I would be like rubbing her shoulders, and I felt like I was rubbing a stone or something you know and um thinking like woman you're going to you're so stressed out you're going to die like like <laughs> chill you know and more recently wow. you know I, I'll rub her shoulders and, and there might be some tension in there but yeah. she I can definitely feel she, she must be managing her stress better and because uh, I don't feel that much tension up there anymore for uh, for me And this actually is a source of tension for us sometimes. Mm -hmm. We actually had a kind of a big fight about this one time. I have periods of life where I feel stressed, but for the most part, stress isn't a big struggle for me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely can get stressed out about things. I don't want to create this picture like, like, (laughs) uh, but the things that really stress me are things I kind of can't control. Like, let's say I invest in something and then it tanks, you know, and then I'm like, oh, you know, I should have done this or should have done that, you know, but it's kind of factors that are out of my control. Or let's say it's mm-hmm. stressing about some, you know, macro events around the, around the globe or some political thing, you know, th- those things mm-hmm. might cause me some stress as I'm thinking about them, but, and, but they're largely out of my control. And it, it, and sometimes they just kind of have to close that door in a sense and, yeah. and realize, okay, look, this is out of my control. Just mm-hmm. trust the Lord, you know, try oh, to try to put it. myself in, in, a, in, a, in a, the thought of like, okay, five years down the road, will I be freaking out about this? Probably not. But as far as just kind of like day to day stresses, I, I think one thing I'm good at is compartmentalizing. And so it's like, I'm a very one thing at a time type person. And I mm-hmm. think that maybe helps me manage stress where I, essentially, if I'm doing something, I'm not stressed about it. You know, wh- where I get stressed is where I, I'm. there's something I want to do or, or solve, but I, it, it's literally out of my control, you know? Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that has to do, as we have clues about Sears's type uh, with his type and his maleness and even his subtype. So I'm going to be curious if people get into subtypes or just types with this. And I think it's going to be fun for you to see what people think about you too, Sears, just because you were like, sometimes I'm a, a canvas even to myself. I don't even know everything about me, but you are so caring and concerned with the world. So um, I think that that's really a great insight that you have very different ways of being stressed. And I think it's because sometimes we keep learning over the years, how do I balance? How do I release to God? And I love hearing that when you were explaining about Elisa, she's actually less stressed these days. And of course we know kids are getting Older. That's helping a lot. Alisa and I were cracking mm. up about that. But I was going to ask you guys maybe this informs the question of the growth that you have done. So tell me a little bit about what you're like when you're at your best together and what are you guys good at together?
1: I think that, and this is obviously awkward answering this because like it almost feels like, ha- tell us how you're awesome, you know, and <laughs> you know, like, Aww. and I hope it doesn't sound that way. But no way. Um, we love that. But to answer your question, I think one thing that that we do well together is we're like adventurers together in a sense, but not the, uh, what's that one game show? The the one that we said, if we got on, we would, our, it would end our marriage. Um, oh, the amazing race. Like, okay. So we are not amazing race people like that would destroy us. Okay. So <laughs> good to know, but yeah, I recommend, well I just know for us, going an amazing race would be a horrible idea. Okay. But, <laughs> but we are adventurers in the sense that like when I think about different things we've done together, Elisa has really just been a, a willing partner. And, and when I say willing partner, it, it's not like, I mean, we are both willing partners for each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, the adventure of having kids early on in marriage, you know, that's a huge step. And and at the time, I was stepping out of one job where I was hardly making any money and then stepping into another job where I was making less money, right? And she had actually between the two of us, a more promising career at that point. And if we had been more conservative or more risk adverse, we would have been like, well, we might feel God's leading us this way, but we're going to ignore that. But she felt that conviction and I kind of trusted that her conviction was something that that we should go with, especially because it seems out of the ordinary for her. Right. Yeah. And and she was the one that was kind of going to you know what I what looking from here backward is what is probably one of the top blessings of our entire life. Mm-hmm. But at the time it seemed like a burden yeah. of trusting God yeah. with children. And I look at early on our marriage, we agreed to move across the country and go start a church together. We were going to this one church and a pastor invited us to go plant another church in Phoenix. And both mm-hmm. of us were like, why not? Mm-hmm. We, you know, more recently we hosted 10 people that were missionaries coming back from a YWAM project. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm gonna pass the phone over to Elisa, but I'd say it's uh we're adventurers together. So least wants to say something. Oh,
0: that's- yeah. I was just
2: going to say one thing I thought of. I remember one day Sears called me and I was sitting in one of my kids classes at our homeschool thing. And he goes, Hey, I just got potential orders to go to Washington DC, but we ha- I'd have to leave in a month and it would be s- for six months. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, with kids and sports and commitments and all that, just life to have that short of a notice to uproot for six months is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he had just signed on to be an elder at our church and all this. Anyway, so I would, but when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds amazing." <laughs> uh, and <laughs> so that. we just said that we would kind of move one step forward and and figure out all the little things to see if. God would just continue to make it clear what we were supposed to do. And it was one of like the best experiences of, of, yeah, for our family, because our kids, there's no way we would have been able to afford to take our whole family across the country and, you know, mm. experience all the things that we did. But anyway, I was going to say, I think that we have enough of the same values, mm-hmm. big picture values, and then there's definitely conflicts in this <laughs> I tell Sears, sometimes your intensity is, is like more than I can handle. Like he's very intense (laughs) and I'm very chill. And so things like when we are on a trip, Mm -hmm. he's either like a hundred percent on or a hundred percent off. He's either like sitting on his phone, completely disengaged, or he's like, kids, let's go body
1: surfing,
2: (laughs) you know? And it's like, like, can we just be in the middle? Sometimes, you know, <laughs> those are like what kind of where my triggers are. Mm-hmm. But he'll pull things like, hey, today I feel like doing this. And I am very, I think I'm very adaptable and spontaneous. And that kind of thing does not trigger me. Mm-hmm. It's more the just, okay, like what, what <laughs> are we going to play at this playground for 10 minutes? I don't know. Anyway, okay, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: So it's great though, that you're yeah, noticing like, so. here's how he triggers me, but I also love him because he pulls me on fun adventures, but then he can be like, totally. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah.
2: I need to focus on, okay. We see eye to eye on the big important things.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: sometimes the way that it's it, it will get annoying, but you know, that's just um, everybody.
0: So. it is everybody. And I mean, you guys are this is the last clue I'm going to give to people is that this is a couple that share their center of intelligence. Some people call that the triads. However you look at that, they share that. So that might be just a great way for you to interpret Elisa' saying, hey, you know, we we see the world in a lot of the same ways, but it doesn't always show up in exactly the same style. So I love how it does not show up exactly the same because I think obviously we're all learning together that, that's one of the best parts about marriage is we heal each other's wounds. If it's more serious stuff, if it's uh, just personality and character development, we do that together and we sharpen each other. So I love just hearing how you guys do that as a couple. And I want to say, is there anything that you feel like would be just encouragement for couples who are in a hard moment in their journey about marriage that maybe another couple shared with you or, and there's a million tips we could give and we give a lot of them here, but what's one that you feel like has really helped you guys?
2: I'm just going to say two things to that. One is, you know, focusing on the things that you do well, when it's so easy to zero in on, Oh, he really made me mad when he did this or just get so I mean, trust me, I understand that fire in your chest, anger over, you know, that was so inconsiderate and so unloving and, and just to kind of take a step back, do a regroup. I'm not saying you ignore feel- those feelings or anything like that and to not address them, but just try to get a regroup and get some perspective. And then also, I think for me, mm-hmm. uh, because like Sears said, he compartmentalizes, I think that there's been definitely some times in our marriage where he will be off emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I can tell,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think what has helped me the most is to just say, this isn't about me. It's about him and something he's going through. And a lot of the time he internalizes, which really irritates me, but I can't control him. Like I can't be his savior. I can't, <laughs> So the, so I have to give him the freedom to process in his time, in his way and not make it about me. Like Mm -hmm. it most likely isn't about me. It feels like it's about me because I feel like his behavior toward me is rude, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not really loving him by just assuming it's about me and making it about me. And so
0: those are both huge tips. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah. I just. So I just remember this one time when he was just really down and I, and he was not telling me what was going on and we went out to breakfast and the whole time it was just like, I don't know, just really off and cold and not talkative. And I'm just trying so hard to just, okay, and it's not, not about me, not about me, (laughs) you know, and and then we're almost home. And he finally tells me like, it's set something at work and kind of a buildup of just, these lies he was telling himself about, you know, his career and his self-worth and all these things. So it really, really was not about me at all. So it was okay. true, but I just had, to, like, I think it would have been way worse if I had just been like, well, you really heart may with a blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> let him oh, yeah. process it in his time. And I think that that's, you know, distract yourself if it's really hard to get out of that, making it about you, just go do something else to get your mind off of it. Mm -hmm. and let them work it out, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if they did really hurt you in that process, that's fine to bring it up. But I think give it some time and just be like, when you're going through that, your behavior is really hurtful to me. Can we talk about like, how can we do that better next time? Mm -hmm. And I will snap a lot at Sears. And then what helps me is once we kind of worked out the fight. I'll want to replay the events in my mind so that I don't do it again. So I'll be like, okay, I was really annoyed when you did this. How can I tell you in a way that you will receive next time you do something like that? Like, what can I say?
0: Yes. Where you're really asking yourself first to take that pause, that instinctual pause that we all need, whatever type we are to then secondly, put yourself in the shoes of how would this be best interpreted by my partner, my spouse? That's enormous. And, oh, and plus I loved hearing how Sears hears you, she said earlier. So anyway, go ahead, Sears, if you have any last comments, that's awesome.
1: You'll probably have to cut me short, Krista, because I love giving advice. it's It's like one of my favorite things ever. So I would say the first point is just be quick to forgive and quick to seek forgiveness. I know that doesn't sound super complicated, but that is the, I would say the bed, Christ is the bedrock of our marriage and being quick to forgive and offer forgiveness freely is probably one of the most important parts of marriage because you can have all these analysis tools and they have value and they help you maybe realize oh this is why we keep running mm-hmm. head on with each other right mm-hmm. but we're sinful people you know we're people that we're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. we are going to hurt each other intentionally or unintentionally over and over again right mm-hmm. but we have a savior i i don't know the whole audience but as far as alisa mm-hmm. and i as christians like we have a savior mm-hmm. who set an example Mm -hmm. of ultimate forgiveness. Right. And so if I believe in the Christian message, if I believe that Jesus Christ, who was perfect, gave himself up for me, who was not deserving of that sort of forgiveness. And he did that. And that's the example he set. And he tells a story about a servant, right, who was forgiven Mm -hmm. this astronomical debt, a debt that he would have never been able to pay off on his own. Mm -hmm. And this king basically forgives him this debt that he would never have been able to pay off. Mm -hmm. He goes out pretty much that same day, sees another person around his same class who owed him a couple bucks, basically. And he grabs him by the, the collar and shakes and he's like, you owe me this money. And he has that man thrown in prison, right? Mm-hmm. And then the king that had forgiven this poor man, this debt that he would never been able to pay off. When he hears that, he is, his anger toward that unforgiving man burned. And he had that man thrown into prison, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the type of forgiveness that Christ calls us to. Christ has, has forgiven us so much. And I think one of the most disgusting things we can do is be unforgiving, and again, it's not easy. Obviously, right? But Elisa may have hurt me, or I may have hurt her, and, and there might be a part of me that just really wants to hold on to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And but then she's like, Sears, will you forgive me?" Or I say to Elisa, "Elisa, will you forgive me?" And we've all been there, right? And I can see, like, I can see that it, you know, if I'm asking Elisa to forgive me, I can see sometimes it, it's 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 like watching gears grinding, right? And she's <laughs> and she, she's like. You know, and, and, uh, you know, it still might take a little bit of time for us to emotionally, you know, mm-hmm. have those emotions backfill into what we, to that truth of forgiveness. But I think forgiveness, being quick to seek forgiveness and quick to forgive is the, the bedrock of marriage um, mm-hmm. that, and it doesn't matter your personality type. It doesn't matter, you know, like those are, that is the, the key to any good, to, to, I think any relationship, but especially marriage.
0: That is really probably the hardest thing in marriage to do, but also the most important, like you said. And I think that's something that Christ models for us everywhere throughout all of Old Testament, New Testament, you just see that pattern and we forget and we're the prodigal son's brother and we're the person throwing the stone. And it's just such an ongoing work in life. And especially like you said, you would think marriage shouldn't be that bad because it's your partner and your best friend and you have your type work and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you still sometimes want to hold on just because it gives you some pride or whatever your sin is. It gives you some power.
1: We heard this on a marriage conference. Actually, you and Wes were there
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was that analogy of when you get married couples like to think of themselves getting married on this romantic balcony, but they're actually married in a battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so when the slings and arrows come, when all the difficulty comes, when, you know, because you're married to another sinner and also because Satan hates you and he hates your marriage. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised when marriage is hard. Don't be surprised. Don't believe the lie that you're married in this idealistic, romantic balcony with the sun setting, but realize that you're on a battlefield. There is an enemy who wants to destroy you, and your spouse is on your side. Your spouse might drive you crazy sometimes, but Mm -hmm. that person loves you probably more than any other person in this world, and you need to cling to that person like two people in a foxhole.
0: Oh, that is such a great analogy. And I love that you've kept that all these years. That is so beautiful. Wow. Okay. Well, great job guys. I'm just sharing your hearts with everybody and your, your amazing marriage. And don't forget to go to my Instagram page, Enneagram and marriage and see their pictures and their beautiful family. And you have a chance to enter the contest and tell us what you think their types are and you have your clues. And so I hope you guys will do that. And Alisa and Sears, thank you so much for coming on. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having us. It was a pleasure.
0: I'm so glad that they got to come on. And I'm so hoping that you got to enjoy sleuthing out what types you think they are. If you would like to play in our contest, the trifecta contest, then you can go to Instagram, Enneagram and Marriage, and you can look at our post from today and you can guess what their pairing type is. So you have your clues, you have your, instead of motives, you have your motivations, and hopefully you're ready to go have some fun over there as well. But I hope you have a great week. I hope that you enjoyed our time. As you know, I was trying to have some rest time with my friends in the middle of a busy season, and I got to, and I'm grateful, and I hope you have some rest time on your Memorial Day or whenever you're listening. And I hope you balance out all your hard work with some fun, some play and know that you are making a difference when you are doing your work. I hope you have a great week, you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.